There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your setting. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Hello everyone and welcome to the Fangirl Zone. I'm Sean Fangirl S and today we are talking Good Omen, so that can only mean one thing. My amazing co-host, Gomez Adams. Hello! Oh my gosh, and we're talking episode two, The Book. The Book. The Book. It's so dramatic. I would like to buy some pornography. <laughs> because but I must do humans. so in the back room, because so I am very shy about <laughs> buying my pornography. Oh my gosh. Alright, let me give the little synopsis we get for this episode. Having followed the wrong boy for years, Zarephel and Crowley must now try to locate the whereabouts of the real Antichrist. Perhaps the story of Agnes Nutter and her famous prophecies will hold the answer. Alright, so this one was like a fun episode. I really got a kick out of it. It was pretty awesome. So for this episode, I'm going simple with my drink of choice today. I went with Cherry UV and Cherry Pepsi. I am drinking a Cape of Good Hope double IPA from Yards Brewing Company. Ah. And I do not have to work tomorrow, so that's a good thing. So there might be more IPA in your future, I see. It could be. (laughs) It is only a 9.3%, so. Yeah, I don't understand how I keep drinking the higher alcohol content. I mean, I don't think UV has that high of a content, but who knows. Anyway. All right, so... This was fun, yes, when we start with John Hamm being so dramatic as yes. Gabriel. Uh, and, and we get to see Aziraphale's bookshop. Yes. Now, I did not catch it, and I did not rewind to, to pause it. What was the book that Gabriel was carrying? I don't think it was any, it was It was just a prop. Oh, okay. Which more interesting prop. is if you're paying attention, you can actually spot Terry Pratchett's hat and scarf. Oh my gosh, like, I did not pay attention. I'm going to have to go In back. the shop. So, I mean, it was so definitely highlighting the fact that, you know, even though Terry Pratchett is no longer with us, sadly, his presence was very much still a part of this endeavor. Oh, Oh, and by the way, I did find out because I grabbed Jessica and I'm like, what the hell was the TARDIS thing or the Doctor Who thing? The license plate on Crowley's car. Yes. (laughs) I'm going to get it confused. Is Sidrat. Which is TARDIS backwards. Backwards. Which was also the evil TARDIS going back classic who okay got it that's what that whole thing was but i swear that this episode because i was looking for it that it was a different plate and i'm like are they gonna screw with us and throw all these little like easter eggs in like terry pratchett and doctor who and absolutely everything else Uh, i mean i love also the fact that in this episode we get to see crowdley's place and aziraphale's place oh my gosh and who would have thought that crowley was a plant guy well, Not he was only plant, plant guy, guy but, <laughs> and he's got the most the healthiest plants in the war in the in London because he yells at them and they're terrified of him. I thought that was hilarious. And as it was happening, because I'm watching this with my husband, he stopped and he goes, Wait, "Are plants shaking because they're scared?" 
Yes. Like, oh my God, what's it? He put it down the garbage disposal? I'm like, yeah. And he's like, he made an example of it. He didn't cut it. <laughs> like, what the hell? Indeed. Uh, yeah. And yes. Um, <laughs> anyway. Azarafel. I love, I love I seeing love- all the books because, well, kind of like behind you, you see some of my stuff, but I have boxes of books. I love Absolutely. books, though. I have too few bookshelves for the amount of books that we have in this house. I've asked my husband to make me a bookshelf now since he's decided to get into woodworking. We have run out of house for the bookshelf. <laughs> well, you we need, need, the, a, like, we need more hanging, house. Hanging bookshelves? I don't know. We need more house for the book. <laughs> because not, I mean, not only do I have my books, but my wife's books. And my kids are just collecting books as well. And at one point, we were thinking we were gonna, we were getting thought we were going to be moving soon. So my wife, we went through this whole thing of like, okay, we should give away and get rid of some of the books. <gasps> Most of the books that ended up being given away were mine. Oh. And I look at my wife and go, I see how it is. <laughs> my books we can sacrifice. You know what? I have had it suggested to me. But I think if I had my way, I would end up with someplace much like Aziraphale. Yes. So. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a bookshop, except I'm going to make it extremely difficult for anybody to ever buy a book there. Right. It's really not Because that would mean I would have to part with the book. <laughs> and I love how he was discussing the different types of books he had in there. I mean, when Gabriel comes in and they stop, it's like, I smell evil. And he's like, oh, and I wish I wrote it down. He said there's a certain author's book. Jeffrey Archer, I think it was. So... What's Jeffrey Archer books? Am I afraid to ask? I think it was just basically like mass market paperbacks. Oh, okay. So not like crazy. no, 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 <laughs> serial killer books or no, something. no. They're, they're mass market. I mean, they're mass market books. Oh, okay. So he is a very British author. Okay. Uh, and he actually Archer was a former member of Parliament. Oh, I did not know that. Who was conservative in that government? So, but anyway, so but basically, it's like it's. It'd be like, I guess I'm trying to think of an example. What for here would be it would be like oh I'm sorry those are just the James Patterson books oh. or those are just the Grissom books or the Bodice Rippers not quite I wouldn't go that far because <laughs> those are everywhere all right do not mock <laughs> trashy romance novels they will come for you <laughs> I will end up in one somehow I don't know and, and they will they will mess you up those writers will mess you up <laughs> no joke. I was never into those, but I guess I kind of hey. sort of was. Like, V.C. Andrews, I don't know, not exactly bodice rippers, but whatever. We're, like, way off topic. Big surprise, I know. Let's go back to the beginning. We get to see the first of the four horsemen. War. Yes, because you can't have war without, without war. war. That's catchy. Like, oh, my God, you guys are, you guys are obviously from heaven because you have <laughs> nobody in marketing working up there. <laughs> Everybody knows the ad guys work for hell. Obviously. It's like, it's not so bad once you get used to it. I don't know if that's a good phrase either, but... No. Anyway, so, and she's working as a work correspondent. So she gets to go to all the hot spots and uh, cause trouble. And Yes. And I'm wondering, because I hadn't watched this until now, if there was actually some cosplay that I missed. Certain things you kind of miss, like Jessica Jones cosplay. Okay, Unless sure. you're with the Defenders, you may miss Yeah, 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 absolutely. So it's I'm like, okay, so it's a woman with dark hair and a leather jacket and ripped jeans. I mean, so what's the cosplay, right? Right. So I'm wondering if I could have missed War. It's possible. So now I'm a little sad that the only thing I knew was Nanny. 
Right. Oh, yes, Nanny, which that was an amazing one. And I'm still mad that I wasn't close enough for a photo. But anyway, we also no. get to meet. Oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Oh. Please continue. We also get to meet Agnes Nutter, which yes. I was thinking like they were calling her a Nutter. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> that wasn't her name. her name. And then, yeah, as they kept going with the, the moment, I'm like, oh, okay. I get it now. An anathema device. Oh, thank you for saying that name because that is not going to come out right at all. One thing that I really appreciate about this, and I actually got to go to a talk with, with Neil Gaiman earlier this year, and he talked about that particular scene with the nice and accurate prophecies of Agnes Nutter and her death scene. Mm-hmm. And originally, the BBC was arguing, up, oh, we'll do it like a woodcut animation piece okay. instead of actually doing, because it's going to cost so much money to shoot this relatively minor scene. And Gaiman said, you know, and I thought about it, and then I thought about what Pratt, what t- Terry would say, and he would say, no way in hell, we have to do it with actual actors, and we have to, do, and he's like, no. And so there was a whole back and forth between Neil as showrunner and the BBC as the people of the money about how this scene was going to play out in this. And I I really appreciate the fact that he got the scene that he wanted and that he thought Terry Pratchett would want into this show and fought for that. I like the way they did it. And obviously, not knowing the book, we know that's the premise, guys. It was not what I expected. I knew that was coming, so having read the book. I, I did like the way it went. And she's a soothsayer. And I love the, the townspeople who are telling the witch hunter general. Thou shalt not commit adultery, Pulsifer. <laughs> like. That was amusing to me, but you have the one woman who's like, she healed my son's bloody flux. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you want him to die instead? She pricked me with her pin and it healed my arthritis. They're like, well, did it heal your arthritis? Well, yes. (laughs) Why, people? So you're like, which? And all I kept thinking was Monty Python. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But I mean, it's also the case where, you know, if you go after somebody who who can accurately consistently foretell the future she's gonna mess with you yeah i love it you're 10 minutes late yes what and i didn't catch it immediately it's like one of those things that kind of clicked after the fact when she started walking you heard like the clinks yes and i'm like did they put her in chains or did she put herself in chains right away and if you're carrying around 30 pounds of roofie nails in your petticoats yeah you might make some noise and apparently nobody noticed in 50, I mean, I, I'm impressed that she could walk that well with 50 pounds of gunpowder and 30 pounds of roofie nails. Right? Because I'm like thinking, that's a lot of extra just to carry on your skirt. So essentially, yes. it's like, all right, hold on. Let me uh, cinch this up a little tighter. I mean, I've had some heavy dresses, but. Not 80 pounds extra. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't imagine that. And I have to love the, okay, townspeople, come closer. Come see yeah. the witch burn. So you could remember this. It's like, <laughs> suckers. Go ahead and mess with the village witch <laughs> at your own peril. I, I do mean, have, every- to, have to agree, though. I'm sorry, because it's I'm not a runner. When she, they're like, she runs for her health and says that's good. And he's like, that's preposterous. <laughs> that's my yeah. thought. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Obviously, there are demons chasing her. You just can't see them. Why are you running, Apex Predator? We should see you. <laughs> and then we get the whole scene where her book, which will be a mass market publication and probably go into a second printing, second printing. <laughs> gets sent to her daughter, who at least they were smart enough to send her away. Yes. And I love the laughter when she reads a random prophecy. In December of 1980, an apple will arise that no one can eat. Yes. 
It's like, oh, she's so silly. I can't remember what she, she said exactly. Like, that's preposterous balderdash. Balderdash. There you go. And then I'm like, what was it? Something about Sir jo- Jobs? Yeah, Sir and Jobs. it's like, oh. Yeah. Invest thy money with Sir Jobs company, machine. Yeah. And then uh, you have Anathema much, 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 much later going through the prophecies that are now on it. They've put on index cards and labeled. And he's like, well, that one never makes any sense. Like, yes, but my mom bought 5,000 5, shares of Apple stock, which got us $40 million today, which is why we can live on the coast of California like this. Like, oh, okay. So this is why you study the prophecies. Right. And, uh, and oh, and by the way, we're all leading up to you. You're the one that's going to, all this is going to fall on. Yeah. Congratulations. names in there. It's like, what if you named the kids somewhere down the line the same name? Or it was I, specifically one of the prophecies. Probably. Okay. But, I mean, I mean, and the whole, I mean, the running joke is that Anathema is a professional descendant. Ah. Okay, so she doesn't do anything except what's in the prophecy. So it's a, so ba- imagine going through life with your entire life having been pre-written for you. Kind of sucks. And, that, and that's Anathema's life. Especially when she's like, oh, of course, because of all of this training, I will know the Antichrist when I see him. Except I don't. Awkward. Because my ancestor did not tell me that he had an aura the size of England. Right. <laughs> Oops. Oh, but I will end up in a specific town. But of course I'll know this because obviously the kid's going to have horns and a tail and cloven feet. And he's not going to look like your somewhat tassel-headed 12-year-old. Right. It's like, well, but, somebody but, dropped but, the ball there. Obviously he did not take after his dad. <laughs> yes. I mean, if, he t- if, he, if he looked like Satan, then, you know, okay, I got it. Makes life easier for everybody, right? You would think. Kill the hell spawn! Because she does end up meeting Adam and his friends, or the them. The them! And they were previously talking about, oh yeah, there's a witch and we should torture her. And then, of course, they're having the British witch trial. Or no, the British Inquisition. Yes. And they're torturing by putting one of the kids on the tire swing. Of course. Torture because it's hot and it's bugging your legs. And we're, we're going to spin you around and make you all dizzy. Right. It's like, because right now I just want to get on the tire swing because it looks kind of cool. Well, you know, when you're 12, what do you know? Right. Uh, and they're not being, and they're not vindictive kids. I mean, yeah, sure, they get into trouble and stuff, but no more so than you're probably your average 12 year old. I love the fact that they think she's a witch, but they don't know that she's the one that they think is a witch. Yes. It's just whoever moved in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and the nonchalant. So, have you seen any beasts around here? Yeah, dog. It's like, yeah, that little Jack Russell looks terrifying. It can't be that bad. Yeah, so... Womp womp. (laughs) What's gonna happen? Well, she gets on her little bike and bikes off. The bike with the basket, which immediately, my husband points out, is that the same kind of bike from, like, the Wizard of Oz? I don't (laughs) think so. But that's the first thing that kind of comes to mind. It's you yeah. know, the beachcomber with the the basket on the front. And I'm like, I don't think so, but okay, that works. Could be. And apparently nobody pays attention, which we know Crawley doesn't pay attention when he drives because he hit somebody in London, which yes. is kind of funny because he's like, oh, she was in the street. She knew the consequences. Really? She stepped off the curb. And well, nobody's looking. Bike and car, but not bad enough to kill her. But hurts a little bit, but Aziraphale's like, oh, oh no, no broken bones. Wave little hand. Yes. Minor miracle. Hopefully I won't get cold on it. Right. And they run the audit. 
Yes, but let there be light. Hey, how are you doing that? It's like, nah, click. What doing what? I don't know what you're talking about. Must have been a concussion. That bright light that you suddenly seen. Your days, that's all. Let's give you a ride. We'll put your bike on the bike rack. Yeah, because that kind of car looks like it should have a bike rack anyway. Oh, absolutely. I loved it. And of course, that's so how cheesy. they and that's how they end up with the book, which is fascinating because Crawley, I don't read, so obviously it's one of your books. It's like you had somebody in the back seat. Think, Crawley. I know you guys are like all over the place right now, but think. Okay, thinking is not Crowley's. Brooding fortune. is though. He was He's good at brooding. A lot. He's good at being scowl. He's good at scowling. Yes. Even when he's sitting on his throne, quite literally, in his home. Which, I love the wall, too, that, like, rotates. That's a door, but I'm like, I want one of those in my house. Except, it would kind of suck if you can't slam a door when you're mad, and it just keeps spinning. It's true. It's like, you need a stopper on it or something. I feel like I'm missing a whole section. So we also meet person who the, the tech bane guy. Oh, yes. Who ends up being a descendant of the Witchfinder. Correct. Like, who was I missing? And, and we, we discover that he is really bad with computers. Right. Now, why do we think that it is? Are computers supposed to be some kind of witchcraft? Or is it just the power of plot needs him to be? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Even just signing in just sends the whole thing down. Crashing down. And he really wants to be an accountant and work with computers. And he's just so bad at it. I'm thinking, how did you get your degree if you couldn't work with computers this whole time? That is an excellent question. Movie magic. Skip past that part. Got it. Uh, Newton Pulsifer. Sorry. Oh, yes. Sorry. I was going to have to look up his name. Uh, who actually, I mean, it, 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 was, it was fun because he also ended up playing Thou Shalt Not Commit Adultery Pulsifer. So he actually got to, he actually played the ancestor and the descent. I did not realize it because he looks so different so, as the two yes. roles. Yep. Oh. That is which awesome. Is kind of, which, is, which is kind of a neat trick. Who would name their kid adulterer or adultery? That shall not commit adultery. Yeah, but I thought that wasn't but, officially that he had changed it. No, it, it, yeah, his name was supposed to be Thou Shalt Not Commit Adultery Pulsifer. But he plays the, but, I mean, it's it's making fun of the puritanical names like, yes. uh. Oh. Self-righteous. Well, yeah, that exactly. makes sense now. Okay. Because that's what he was, I mean, that's what it's playing off yes, of. Yes, yes. Okay, well, there's the light bulb. That only took how long to kick on? Where there hasn't even been that much alcohol in my system. I just didn't realize that. That is your problem. Maybe, because I think I would have connected the dots quicker. See, I drink and I know things. This is why I'm <laughs> around. We get a new witch finder. He's a sergeant, though. Apparently, the sergeant. Not that high up. Who, who's on the payroll for both Aziraphale and Crowley. <gasps> we don't have that information yet. Is oh, no. It? Oh, that's awesome. Uh, and, he, and he inflates the books, because he's really the only witch finder that's still around. So he ends up, but in order to get get, get getting more pay for them, he's like, yes, and this is Private Toaster and Lieutenant Chair. I love how he, he gets our Pulsifer. To come to his home and oh my god, I'm laughing like it's I'm I'm like laughing like it's a dad joke and I'm telling it. Okay. And this woman's like, Oh no, I moved the veil. Madam Tracy moves the veil aside on Thursdays and he's like, No, I'm not here for that, I'm here for the advert and she's like, Oh thinking it's a whole different type of advertisement. Well, she's 
both a medium and I mean when the when the witch fighter calls her Jezebel, he's not wrong. That was amusing, especially she's like, she if, does you, if you need punishment, I need time. It's going to take me like 30 minutes to get into the, was it the rubber knickers? And again, had to stop. I'm laughing. And my husband's like, did she just say, oh my God. Yep. Hey, older women can be involved in sex work too. Hey, you know what? I understand dominatrix pay well, so. Every, every person's, I don't That's know. a different conversation. <laughs> every person has a thing. That's all I'm going to say. Everybody has their own way of making money. It's a thing. That's all. It's a, there's a need in the marketplace, and she's just fulfilling it. <laughs> there's a lot going on there. We're going to skip get past having to unpack that little suitcase, because I don't know if she's coming back, but I feel like Crawley might oh, visit her, but... I, I, yeah, she, she will, I, she will be back. <laughs> Let's see. Aziraphale finally has the idea. Hey, maybe we should just go find the hospital record. Oh, Why did but anybody just... think of this before? Because that would be too easy. Well. It only is a problem because it's not a hospital anymore. Now is it? No, I love it. It's a team building place for paintball. For paintball. I'm like, hey, I want to go until it wasn't paintball anymore. I mean, it wasn't completely evil. Nobody died. It came close. Crowley was just doing his best to provide a bit more excitement. I loved it because as they're fighting about it, he's like, everybody's getting taken care of. It's fine. We suddenly have Uh, the nun who apparently is running the establishment. Who was the one that cocked it all up? But did she? Who completely misinterpreted the wing. But, I mean, she was following Crowley's orders. Quite specifically. You you also have one of those great scenes where Crowley shoves Aziraphale up against the wall. Yes. And our first real moment that somebody acknowledges the romance. And millions of fangirls and boys squeed. <laughs> Every time David Tennant's on the screen, I'm like, oh. But yeah, I get it. <laughs> like skinny nerdy. Yo, that's a lie. Skinny nerdy no apparently lie. is like, that's my, my it, thing. Which it, it, it's like you 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 watch him with the hips and you're done. Yeah, it's like Shakira should be playing in the background when he walks. I don't know. Anyway, yes. So they get the information, and I loved it because they got the most important information out of her. Yes. Yes. His and of course, Rosie's that's where they end up. Adorable. Yeah, as they're headed that way, that's where they end up running into anathema device. Yes. But I'm sorry, the Tozy Wozies. That was the most important part, obviously. Absolutely. <laughs> she might be an evil nun, but come on now. Yes. Azarafel gets to read the book, and he is quite taken with the fact well, that he's got his hand on this book because somebody had called earlier and he's like, I don't have a copy. Nobody has a copy. Which was interesting because what I'm thinking. A publication and a second printing. I didn't think they meant just two books. Well, no, there, there, I, there never was the second printing. Oh, okay. Okay, Anathema. Th- th- there really was only the one copy that ended up happening. That's why he was Which, like freaking out. Correct. Uh, so, I mean, this is like if you looked in the back seat of your car and discovered that the Holy Grail was there. It's like, oh, there's just one. Ah. Exactly. I'm trying to think of. What another? What the equivalent would be for a lot of people? I mean, if you looked in the back seat and you said you walk in your house, I'm like, wow, I don't remember that painting being there. And it's the Mona Lisa, right? And so he's found this 
the holy i mean he is a rare book collector and this is the rarest of books that he could possibly find and this was something else because the first thing he turns to is talking about him yes and your cocoa is getting cold and i went when he realizes he's drinking cocoa it's like it's i have the book the really really real book <laughs> it was just so adorable that and they did it through like kind of like a sped up moment where he's reading and you see the people going by his son up and down yep. and then he gets to the the prophecy about the phone well not even the phone number that the antichrist will be in Tansfield. yes and a specific number he'll be marked by the beast right and then he looks up the number it's like <gasps> can it be that simple 103 yeah. score and 6 and now if i look up that address for Tansfield, i will know where he is and then we can go and Kill the Antichrist. I still don't feel the killing is happening, but we're only episode two. They want to prevent the end of the world. But there's a divine plan. Which is ineffable. 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 I'm not going to get that word right ever. What's even better is that it's also unknowable. Because the angels and the demons don't really know what's going to happen. Because, I mean, at this point, personally, I'm thinking, yeah, God's having a good laugh. Like, God has God has her own plan because yeah, these two, the angel and the fallen angel, working together this whole time, absolutely put the whole thing in motion, and nobody realized it. And, and it's possible that God actually kind of likes his creation and doesn't want to see it destroyed. But the angels are like, but this has to happen. Well, they think it has to happen. True, and there's only two that are like, uh, I don't want this to happen. But I like this place. <laughs> I like sushi, I like brunch, I like drinks, I like books, I like movies, I like plays, this is all good stuff! (laughs) And I love- Hell sucks! (laughs) I love that they keep pointing out, like, they go for for food. Second time in two episodes. And you never see Crawley eating. Well, I'm gonna throw this out there, because I've seen it, I believe it was on Tumblr, that the theory is, wherever they go- Crawley inhales his food really fast because he doesn't really care. He's more about the drink. Then he's like, oh, okay, food, 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 drinking. Whereas Zarephel is enjoying every bite. And that's why you always see him eating and Crawley looking irritated like, hurry up and finish. But what's also great is that they obviously enjoy each other's company. I find that Because even as much as Crowley might be irritated that I finished 20 minutes ago and you're only halfway through... Why the hell were you still here? Well, I'm still here because you're my friend. Right. I mean, why else is he driving him everywhere? Instead of saying, exactly. just pop, you- pop your butt wherever. Because you're an angel, you can just be like, boom, I'm there. Exactly. But maybe, I, I mean, they do have mortal forms that they can't just do that. But they, I mean, again, it's. I think it's really, it was a great, it's great to see that kind of friendship and relationship being depicted on screen. And I think that so many people are, taking this like close friendship and they're like nope we're shipping them right away okay to be fair there's a lot to ship (laughs) i'm not argue i'm not gonna argue against the shipping i know better i love just how they play off each other because all the memes that have come out of this have been amazing i'll tell you i i I said this last time we talked like i it really felt like sheen went to ao3 read through as much slash fic as possible for good omens and said (laughs) yes this is how I'm playing that character. Uh, so I am not disagreeing <laughs> at all. And anybody who listened to some of the the older podcasts that we've had that has had Jessica on it, Jess reads a lot of fanfic. 
She does this for us a lot of times. So she said, even now, there's a whole lot out there. Oh, absolutely. So one of the other th- things was that Crowley was based off of Gaiman. Oh, okay. In a lot of ways. And and he talked about how it was ba- when he when he was first writing him, it was sort of the awkward, not sure of himself, finding his way kind of person, right? Okay. And Pratchett said that's great, but here's what it's missing. It's how other how people see you, which is this kind of aloof, too cool person, because that's how he that's how Gaiman could could come across to people as. Mm-hmm. Even though internally he was a ball, he was a mess of nerves. His outward persona was that he was just this really cool, kind of hip, new on the scene writer at the time. Okay. And now looking back some years later, <laughs> going, wow, I was good. I was kind of an asshole. But being able to re- recognize that in Crowley. And yes, Crowley has has his insecurities and everything else, but he still has that. I mean, I love how Tennant can pull off the shades and the tattoo and the swagger. And if you saw that person walking down the street, you're going to think one of two things. That person's so cool, I can never talk to them. Or should I be calling the police? I don't know about the second part, but I'd be like, oh my god, he must be like somebody. And I just exactly. don't know. Yeah. So that's what I would be thinking personally. But it's like he's got to have an entourage around here somewhere, right? Which I feel like that somehow led to the fact that he's big into Velvet Underground. <laughs> and Sarah Bell thinks they're Bebop. Oh. <laughs> I just that, that, love that, that. that hurt something inside. But he's like, nowhere in the history of ever would anyone say they are Bebop. <laughs> it, what, what I thought was fun, and I don't know if this was planned. Because you had in The Good Omen Season 2 where they had to steal Lou Reed's jacket. Oh, American Gods. American Gods, yes. Season 2. Yeah, where they had to steal Lou Reed's jacket. And Lou Reed, of course, was the was the founder for the Velvet Underground. See, another Easter egg, I think. So I, I don't know. Sure, I'm not quite sure how deliberate that was. But I thought that was a, a, nice, a nice nod to that. I like it. I did find in searching the interwebs with reviews, this one came from Vulture, that they have... At the end, there's a famous Anton Chekhov quote. If you have a thunder gun of Witchfinder Colonel Dalrymple hanging on a wall in the second episode of a miniseries, it will be fired before the final episode. Otherwise, it shouldn't be there at all. Oh, they're right. So, I, not wrong. I'm assuming this is going to be fired, which I won't know till I get there because I am one episode at a time, people. But I love that, that they threw anyway, that. It, I, anyway, I really... I. I really enjoyed this series a lot. I'm liking it so far. I, like I said, am not binging this, which this is very difficult. This one's hard because certain episodes were like, all right, let's just binge through it. We just finished The Boys and we're watching just one at a time. So this one is like, I want to watch more. You're you're being a Xerophil with this. I am. You're you're savoring. Savoring David Tennant. Oh, that's so wrong. That's so wrong. But you're not alone. <laughs> That's why his lines are always crazy at every con that you find him at. So, oh my gosh. This was great. I love this episode, though. It had a great flow to it, I felt. And we're oh, getting all these yeah. pieces that are starting to fall into place. And all these people that are kind of, like, finding their spot. Where will everyone end up? I mean, it, it, it's you're not, being du- you're not getting slammed with the entire cast in episode one. Right. And then trying to figure out, okay, so... I got three, 30 seconds with this person. Who the fuck are they? <laughs> Why do I care? And now it's, oh, but by building them in like this, like, okay, 
I don't know why Newt Impulsifer is important. I don't know why the Witchfinder, how that's going to play out. But obviously, this is the this is a B plot that I need to be paying attention to. Right. Like I right. I don't trust anything anymore from so many shows, but especially Doctor Who. So BBC has tainted my perception. Like I have to look for everybody and keep yes. them all on. The you never know who's going to show up again. No, it's going to happen. It's going to be crazy. But I love it. I mean, Sister Absolutely. Loquacious. Anyway. All right. So I love this episode. I believe Gomez was saying yes. Thumbs up. So what do you guys think about this episode? Shoot us an email at contact us at fangirlzone.com. Let us know your thoughts. And, of course, if you want to check out the website, www.fangirlzone.com, you have our contacts page where there's all sorts of ways to get a hold of us. And, of course, Gomez has a whole nother set of ways to get a hold of him. The best way to go is to broadswordsandblasters.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at swordsandblast or mxgomez78 for my personal Twitter page, where today I was kind of rambling on about the the slings and arrows of receiving rejections on stories, which is a terrible thing, but happens to all writers. So yeah, that's what I've got going on. Uh, Next issue is out in October, uh, but you can absolutely grab the first 10 by clicking the link at, again, broadswordsandblasters.com. So, for this episode of Good Omens, I am Sean Fangirl S. And I am Gomez Not Adams. And until next time. Ciao!